0: Welcome to the Expansive Astrology Podcast, where we look at using astrology beyond the tropes and horoscopes to tune into the natural forces around us and within us, honoring our true nature to craft our future. I'm your host, Melissa the Self-Care Witch, and I'm here to help you meet your magic. Without further ado, let's begin this week's episode with a tarot reading for The Collective hi welcome back to the expansive astrology podcast today i have episode 42 for you which i have named making friends with shadows we are continuing to work through pisces season work with pisces energy and ooh, we're getting into shadow work this week uh, ready or not it's coming up. Pisces being the final sign in the Zodiac, the last sign of the whole year, it has seen and felt, it has witnessed and deeply experienced everything. It is said that Pisces holds the weight of the whole entire wheel. It sees and knows all. And that can be real heavy, and that has to include shadow work. So ready or not, I'm going to gently ease us into what shadow work means and how we can, um, dare I say the word play and shadow work in the same sentence. I'm going to. (laughs) We're going to ease into what it means to play with a little bit of shadow work, not to lighten not to like make light of something that's like really serious. Right. But, um, we are never presented with anything that we're not equipped to handle. I firmly believe that that like in our healing journey, whatever is coming up, whatever is feeling present, whatever's sitting on our heart, we are ready to handle it. You are ready to, to look at some of these shadows. And, um, none of this is something that we can resolve in, one week, one episode of a podcast, or one season of the year. This is lifetime. This is forever work. And there's no time like right now to start to get more intentional with it. I have so much to share with you. Sit tight. First things first. I have a collective tarot reading for you. This is a four-card check in spread inspired by Soul Tarot for the collective, asking the tarot, what's present for us, what are we learning, and what can we anchor into as we move throughout the next week? Since this is a tarot reading for the whole collective, take what you need and leave the rest, as always, and even if something I say today doesn't resonate with you directly, I encourage you to stay open to seeing how these things may play out for you over the week to come. Because if you're hearing this, I trust that you're meant to hear it. First up, we have the five of Swords. The fives often represent some sort of contraction or tension, and the swords represent brain chemistry and how we're thinking about things. The Five of Swords comes up as gentle, sweet encouragement to make sure that we don't let our brain run away with any stories that um, are untrue. This week, stay really intentional about how you are looking at things. Really tune in and notice the stories that your brain is telling you about things and don't let your brain run away with with things right don't lose your swords I believe Lindsay Max says that with this card don't lose your swords don't let yourself run away with scary brain stories this card is about remembering that the brain is not always correct And that you can reclaim some sense of authority over the stories that you're telling about your life. So when the brain brings contraction, like you fucked up, you're going to lose everything. You're making the wrong decision. uh, You're alone. Don't tell anyone about this. You're a burden. Everyone hates you. You know, all those classics, (laughs) the, the top hits of fucked up brain chemistry being really careful about the meaning that you are placing on things. Can you tell a more accurate story, a more gentle story, a more accepting story? Our inner narratives, our inner monologue, the story that we're telling ourselves and others, but um, it starts with us, (laughs) the story that we're telling ourselves about our life, holds so much power and it's one of my favorite things to help clients empower themselves around and it's hard it's hard the brain the fear sounds like logic the brain's stories feel and sound really true we can't totally control what what comes into the brain right and uh, it's really easy to spiral Notice, notice Notice. gently, lovingly, notice if your brain is spiraling, notice what stories you're telling yourself about your life and um, especially the stories that aren't even true or the stories that you don't know to be true. You don't know what other people are thinking and don't pretend that you do, (laughs) okay? You don't know what the right decision is, maybe, right? Sometimes sometimes we very much do know, right? But if you're in a situation where you don't know what decision will be the correct decision, if you're in a situation where you don't know um, if you're going to win or lose, like whatever the situation, anxiety can be here. Sadness, anger, grief, They they can be here. But you don't have to believe what they tell you. And with a lot of work and intention, you can learn how to empower your narrative and how to like be dubious of what your brain is trying to convince you of. We always have a choice in how we respond to things and the story that we tell about things. And this is not about minimizing pain. It's not about suppressing anything or bypassing. It's not about pretending that things are okay if they aren't. This is an invitation to re- recenter, reclaim authority, stay intentional, and um, imp- add some empowerment behind what your brain, what your stories are what your brain is telling you. And this work this week is supported by the justice card, which I kind of like let out a giddy little giggle <laughs> when the justice card fell out, because that feels like a very, what a, what a beautifully supportive card for the five of swords, because the justice card is about um, seeing things as they truly are. It's about the truth, unbiased, unemotional, Uninterested in our preferences, right? The justice card is an ally in um, radical acceptance. This card reminds us that life isn't fair. And yeah, it's really hard. (laughs) And when we can be in the justice card, when we can manage like a five of swords lesson, when we can, like it's our responsibility to be with the truth of things, it's 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 our first and main obligation is to acknowledge where things are out of balance. And this is a this is an ally. About, this is about having the courage to acknowledge what is, rather than what you wish could be, not what you are hoping to work toward not where you're hoping to land, but what is, where you are, where are things out of balance. The sooner we can acknowledge and accept where things are unfair or unjust or imbalanced in our lives, the sooner we can do the tending needed to bring that back into alignment. But first, we have to acknowledge the truth in order to change it. A lot of people pull the justice card and really focus on the balance piece. Well, how do we find balance? First, we assess where things are out of balance and you have to get really real about it. My personal example, my personal anecdote of the justice card was the summer that I was dabbling in moderation with my alcohol use. I had been sober for the first half of the year and in the summer I was like, maybe I don't have to be totally sober. <laughs> maybe I can manage my drinking. And for me, um, I couldn't <laughs> and the justice card was haunting me. It would, it would not stop coming up. I, I follow I, a lot of true crime and I especially like to watch like the full court cases, <laughs> which is very time consuming. And, um, <laughs> honestly, a. Uh, uh, great mechanism for escapism when when needed uh but i i like the court process the court system is really interesting to me and it is incredibly th- flawed right like <laughs> don't even get me started but with the justice card i like to to picture like a divine courtroom a divine judge and jury who are like ain't um it like infinite souls in the ether like not like god at the pearly gates right but like a divine all-knowing judge and jury where we walk into the justice card and we like are faced with the truth the truth again not what we wish not what we fear not what we're working toward not the potential of the thing, but the truth. Where these infinite, ancient, ethereal souls, they don't care about our preferences. <laughs> they don't care about what we're working toward. They don't care about our feelings. They care about the truth. The Justice card is about radical acceptance of the truth, even when it's hard. And that's why, like, this card can be huge in terms of addiction or generational trauma or deep rooted patterns that, um, maybe the ego or the brain are having a hard time looking at and being with present for us this week, the five of swords inviting you to stay intentional and get real about the stories that you're telling about your life supported by the justice card assisting us in, um, radical acceptance of the truth so that we can bring balance so that we can bring justice to our lives looking at the truth accepting it for what it is so that we can work with it alchemize it and hopefully turn it into what we hope for it to be but we can't do that if we're not awake for what is here our lesson for this week is the Three of Wands, which feels like a lovely continuation from the past two weeks where I pulled the Seven of Pentacles twice, two weeks in a row, which is really about like kind of stepping back, taking your hands out of things, trusting the timing of things, don't rush it, know when to um, rest, know when to pause. And the Three of Wands, which is the Three of Fire, Fire, which is energy, creativity, passion, our our inner flame. In the three of wands, there's this sense of um, embarking on a new journey. This is the moment where we're like building up our fire, our knowledge. We've done some planning, some preparation, some educating, and now the journey is about to begin. There's like an assessment That happens in the three of wands, an assessment of our fire. Do you have enough coals? (laughs) Do you have enough wands? Do you have enough information to begin? Have you um, done the necessary planning and educating to feel like um, you have a true sense of readiness for whatever it is you're about to embark on? And it's not about knowing how things are going to wind end up. It's not about knowing how the journey is going to go and and how it's going to end. I would argue that that's impossible, but it is an assessment of your energy. And it's making sure that if you're starting something new, that you have a full sense of readiness. You don't have to know where, where you're going to end up in order to begin. And in the three of wands, you're learning your fire you're building your fire so what we're learning this week is how to engage with our energy how we're using our energy how we're using our creativity what are you building what are you putting your energy toward do you know that you are ready what would it take for you to feel ready pretend you're ready and see what happens Be wise. Be wise in how you're using your fire. Make sure that there is a sense of readiness, right? And something is starting now. What do you think it's here to teach you? And given all of that, our anchor this week, as the rest of it just kind of unfolds, and we see it, and we're present with it, and we're learning it, your anchor this week is the temperance card. This is the rebirth. In this card, we have moved through the death card. You are ready to move into an entirely new way of being. In this card, we might not totally understand exactly what that's meant to look like, There might or might not be some overt and obvious death cycle that you just moved through. Whether or not you're aware of some obvious death experience that you just went through, some obvious release or transformation, the Temperance card is here to anchor into. This card is an initiation into Some new way of being. The temperance card initiates us into a way of being that is in deeper connection with spirit rather than ego. We've sloughed off some layer of ego and we have transformed. And it's often not some big giant change. Usually it's subtle it's meta. It's very internal. And it's when the soul is taking the driver's seat. What does it look like for you to be in deeper alignment with the soul? What does it look like for you to lean into a less egoic, more soul guided experience? What does it look like for you? Um, As you come out of the chrysalis, you are called to anchor in with your divinity this week, ground down into that, surrender into that process, surrender into that new way of being, which requires a whole lot of courage, a whole lot of brain work, a whole lot of ego work. But in the temperance card, we're ready for that in the temperance card. Brain ain't shit. Ego ain't shit. It's divinity. It's um, your most ethereal is expression. You are a goddess. You are divine. You are a soul having a human experience. What do you want that to look like? How can you stay really tethered to your authentic like soul expression? So... Overall, this week, we are learning how to empower the stories that the brain is sitting with and we have an ally in finding radical acceptance with whatever is present so that we can utilize our authority to bring about more balance, to bring about more fairness, to advocate for justice in whatever way that needs to look for us. And what we're learning is to step forward, step forward, use your energy wisely in whatever it is that you're creating in your life right now, knowing that you are ready for whatever is to come. You don't need to know what's to come (laughs) to know that you have everything you need. You are prepared. You can ready yourself. And Maybe, just maybe, maybe it's time to step forward in some way. And given all of that, our anchor is an invitation into deep soul alignment, major soul expression, a less egoic, more connected, more divine way of moving through the world, a more divine way of living. You are a beautiful butterfly this week. (laughs) At least the tarot thinks so. Mm, That's all I have for you for the tarot reading this week. (sighs) Let me know how that feels. Let me know how that lands. I'm really digging the invitations with that one. Now, let's get into the expanse of astrology for the week. We're making friends with shadows. Are you ready? because we're doing it. (laughs) And I I really think that um, justice. Oh, man. The whole freaking spread. All four of those cards is so uh, perfect, divine, medicinal for the shadow work that I'm about to to introduce you to and um, invite you into. So once again, Somehow, <laughs> I'm surprised at the the perfection that the tarot brings. I hope I'm always surprised by that, you know? I hope I never get used to it. It's so magical. <sighs> Let's get into it. We're exploring the shadow. We're exploring what the heck self-undoing means. <laughs> it's almost the end of the astrological year, the cycle, the wheel begins again with Aries season. And before we get there, there are some things to consider. (laughs) There are some things to look at and close out and get really intentional about, uh, before a new cycle begins. So what do we mean when we say shadow? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of literature, there's a lot of work around um, the shadow and um, what it means to do shadow work. And it is deeply personal. The shadow consists of those things that lurk in the depths of our being. The depths of our psyche, the depths of our mind, and Pisces sees it all. When we let these things go unaddressed, it causes big issues. The pinnacle of my work in the world really centers around empowerment. My own and helping my clients find theirs. Doing shadow work is essential in finding and deepening a sense of empowerment. It is essential that we cast a light on the shadows that dwell within us so that they don't run the show, so that we are deeply and intimately familiar with them, so that we can notice them and know them and call them out so we can more consciously act from a place of empowerment. Carl Jung said, the shadow is made up of every part we disown within ourselves. What do you disown that is within you? Jealousy, neediness, fear, addiction, anger issues, ego shit, um, prioritizing external things like money or status or your things, there's there can be a laundry list of things that we want to disown, dismiss, suppress, and they exist. They're real. When we disown them, these things turn against us, and. Collectively represent the shadow. When unaddressed, these parts run the show. So there's an idea of assimilating with the shadow. Allowing those things to be a part of us. Having a relationship with them. And again, intimately knowing them. Allowing those things to be a part of us in an empowered way, with intention. The shadow is not separate from us. It is a part of us. And the better we can assimilate with the shadow and understand it, know it, manage it, allowing those things to be a part of us in an empowered way, the shadow makes us whole. It is not separate from us. It's part of us. Carl Jung said, quote, How can I be substantial if I do not cast a shadow? I must have a dark side also if I am to be whole, unquote. It takes time and energy to disown these pieces of ourselves. And even, even these pieces are beautiful. Our jealousy, our anger, even addiction. Whatever exists in your shadow, it belongs. It's part of what, it's our humanness. It makes you whole. No one gets out of this life without those things. Doing this shadow work can liberate all of the energy you are unconsciously investing in protecting yourself from the shadow. Rather than giving your energy to avoid and suppress and run away from these parts, we get to harness that energy and alchemize it and use it to expand, to approach life from a more intentional, more awake Healthier, more aligned place. This brings inner strength, balance, peace. It makes you better equipped to take on life's challenges consciously and carefully and from a more intentional, empowered place. It's all about empowerment, baby. The Jungian shadow includes anything, anything outside the light of consciousness. These can be positive or negative, but we tend to reject the negative pieces more fully, more like (laughs) more effective rejection. (laughs) Like um, they, we, we throw those things into the shadow, right? We really suppress them. We disown, we disown them, the negative things, the quote-unquote negative things. So the shadow typically ends up being made of a whole lot of disempowered, difficult things. <laughs> and it's not all bad. Shadows of neediness or jealousy or codependence can be indicators of how deeply and fully we can invest ourselves in love. Anger is passion. It's the voice of the unheard. It is sadness's bodyguard. We do the shadow work so that we can shine a light on the shadow, assimilate with the shadow. It's all about alchemizing the quote-unquote bad into empowerment the shadow is a great teacher what exists there often requires a lifetime of work and it's our greatest teacher now this shadow comes to be as we discard or disown certain pieces of ourselves and uh Our personal shadow is a reflection of the shadow of society, our cultural shadows. Consider what might linger within your heart that you may disown or discard or deny that may be due to culture or family or religion, your communities. What things do the communities you exist in Encourage you to deny. Young said, quote, the less the shadow is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. Unquote. And the shadow of society disconnects us from our primal primitive instinctual uh, intuition. These things are carefully and purposefully suppressed by society. Every child knows kindness, love, and generosity. And they also know anger, greed, selfishness. It's all natural. They're all shared human experiences, but as we grow up, Traits considered good are accepted while others are rejected. It's a basic human need to feel accepted and belonging. We learn very quickly, which of our actions and feelings are acceptable and which will be rejected. Glennon Doyle said, when I was a child, I felt what I needed to feel. And I followed my gut, and I planned only from my imagination. I was wild until I became tamed by shame. Until I started hiding and numbing my feelings for fear of being too much." Unquote. Who were you before you were repressed? Who were you before you were told what to be ashamed of? What existed inside of you before you were told to feel shame? Connect with your animal instincts, your childlike self, your primitive self, your intuition. When things like expressions of anger, selfishness, or greed are rejected, it threatens our basic human instinct to seek belonging, so we reject those pieces of ourselves to maintain our sense of belonging. As poet Robert Bly says in a little book of the human shadow, the child puts all of these unwanted parts into an invisible bag and drags it behind him, which is a perfect illustration of the shadow. Here is your invitation to identify, shine a light on, and appreciate those disowned parts of you. This awareness allows us to make friends with those pieces of us To stop denying all of the complex parts of ourselves and to assimilate all pieces of ourselves. This is a follow-up from Aquarius energy, which came right before where I spoke a lot about authenticity and congruence. Pisces brings that deeper and further, assimilating the shadows, learning to be even more congruent and here's the thing when we start this work of acknowledging and appreciating and integrating our shadow we become very aware of and ashamed of those qualities and impulses we've worked to deny in ourselves but we can plainly see in others right it's projection, <laughs> the egotism, laziness, anger, sloppiness, carelessness, love of money or possessions, jealousy, neediness. All those things that we judge in others can be a clear indicator of the things that are living in our own shadow. We start to identify those things that are simply personal weaknesses in us as moral deficiencies in others. Whatever qualities we deny in ourselves, we plainly see in others. If neediness weren't in your shadow, then someone else's neediness wouldn't bother you so much. These projections protect us from the ego work but they harm us because they act as a constant um distraction from what is existing in our own shadow we kind of focus our energy on what exists in others we are very good at distracting and disillusioning ourselves and keeping ourselves away from the shadows and Carl Jung said, quote, A man who is possessed by his shadow is always standing in his own light and falling into his own traps, living below his own level. Unquote. The things that exist in our shadow, that trigger our shadow, can be medicine. Medicine is often bitter. We don't want to take it, or we forget to take it, or we stop taking it before it's finished because we feel better already. But when we view those bitter things as medicinal, we get to empower ourselves to find the healing in every bitter thing. Find the healing in every bitter thing. I have some good news. The conscious self employs the shadow, (laughs) not the other way around. If it were the other way around, we would all be a slave to our shadow and we're not. We can have a relationship with our shadow, a positive, informed, helpful relationship. This requires brutal honesty with ourselves It's courageous work requiring willingness to be imperfect and willingness to own those things about us and within us that we spent our lives working so hard to suppress and deny those things about us and within us that our communities or our families, our society, our culture has systemically worked so hard to suppress and deny. Doing this shadow work makes us more honest, more awake, better able to show up in our relationships, better able to own our own shit, and more capable of acting from empowerment rather than whatever may be lurking quietly within us. It all comes back to empowerment. Pisces lives in the 12th house of self undoing. It's all about our inner worlds and how we tend to ourselves. This house contains those feelings, and thoughts, and beliefs that we are most comfortable handling alone, which includes the ways we act against our own best interests. It encompasses the ways we neglect ourselves or sacrifice ourselves for others. Self-destruction. Those things that live in the shadows. It's all about empowerment. It's always all about empowerment. Now this week, we have a full moon in Virgo. Bringing some grounding, some earthiness, and some um, realistic analysis, some practicality to all of this Pisces work, all of this water work, all the shadow work that we're doing. Consider how Virgo energy can help um, to strengthen or enhance or inform the intentions that you're sitting with with this full moon, the intentions that you're sitting with for the rest of this lunar cycle. I will be holding a moon circle for this full moon in Virgo on Sunday, March 5th at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. My moon meetups happen in person in Old Town, Fort Collins, and virtually via Zoom. You can find all the information you need and... Sign up via my website, and I would love to have you. If you have any questions, let me know. Also, it's not too late to get a March tarot reading directly into your inbox, personalized and channeled for you. If you sign up for the Meet Your Magic monthly membership before the 10th, you will receive a March tarot reading. Your membership also includes an all-access pass to all of my moon meetups. So you can make them a regular part of your self-care routine. And it's the best way to support my work here. It's the best way to support the podcast. So to my members, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. Love you so much. Thank you for being here. Your support truly means the world to me and on that note of massive gratitude that I hope you can feel straight from my heart directly into your heart (laughs) on that note that's all I have for you today um thank you so much for being here I'll see you next week for the final week of Pisces season and until then take care Bye. now before you go let me keep your ear for just a moment this week's episode is brought to you by www.theselfcarewitch.com my bread and butter where you can find more information on my current courses offerings and other fun ways to connect with myself and yourself If you enjoyed this episode and you dig what I'm doing here, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and leave a review. It helps so much. And if you'd like to connect with me, head to theselfcarewitch.com. I'd truly love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.